0: everybody. Hi, Louise. Hi, Kim. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. How about yourself?
0: I'm good, thanks. And welcome, everybody, to another Friday afternoon, which means it is time for Kick-Ass Career Conversations with Louise, who we just identified as there, and me, Kim. And we don't have a guest today, but that's okay. It, it feels a little strange, I will admit. feels a little strange. But... um I think it's good. I think it's good. We're going to be having this conversation about falling out of overwhelm, right? Because a lot of us fall into it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Trip um, over it. Trip over it. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally you find yourself in the middle of a pile of it. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. So should we start off like we normally do? With our celebrations? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I have a lot to celebrate uh, today. It's the first week of September, and fall is in the air. Well, in some places, it is here. Um, <laughs> I love fall. I want to celebrate fall, um, but I also want to celebrate my kiddo. Um, just seeing him uh, hitting the last year of high school and uh, who he's become, and all of the things that are just kind of lining up for his future. Um, I've just been really, I've been really proud of him this week. Um, and actually through my whole recovery process with my knee, um, as much as he loves to push my buttons, um, he knows when, uh, when I need him and he shows up for me. So yeah, I'm kind of celebrating that and me like, good job, mom, right?
0: Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So few people, moms in particular, say, good job, me, for actually raising this amazing human. Right? Yes. We had something to do with it. We have to remember uh, that even though we don't always
1: know what we're doing, um, when we see our kiddos do something pretty amazing, we have to be proud not just of them, but of, of how we showed
0: up as parents too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was working at the school, the parents, you know, I, I, would t- I would talk to them about their kids and I'd say, no, I wasn't a teacher, but I knew their kids intimately um, in the role that I was in. And um, and I knew them intimately. So it was this interesting role where I got to know the parents and and the kids. And um, I would be sharing these stories about their kids and what amazing little humans they were. And the parents would defer it completely over to the teachers. They're like, well, it's not me. It's all the teachers. And it's like, w- we had some truly amazing teachers and there still are some amazing teachers at the school. And it's okay to take a little credit. Remember when we had Lisa Bragg on and we were talking about <laughs> bragging rights? Like it is okay to say I'm a freaking good parent. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We don't say it enough or we we uh, I don't know. Is it belittle? little? We, we dismiss our role um, in all in all kinds of places. This isn't just moms and parenthood. This is women in business as well. We, we do it all in all kinds of places.
0: Yeah. We diminish ourselves. Diminish. Thank you. I knew
1: there was a word there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we do. It's, and, and it's, it's funny. I don't know why, how I, I, as much as I'd love to say it was from my mom, Um, ever since our daughter was born, it is the one area and it gave me the strength to find it in other areas where I could say, I'm doing really well. And for me at first it was, I'm doing really well because I'm not completely bonkers, right? I, I thought I had, I had really, really bad postpartum depression and I was, and a lot of anxiety that came along with that. And I really struggled at first. And the fact that I got my dream team, I got my help lined up to support me so I could do my job in this first year of life for this little one. And I, my celebration of her first year of life was she's alive and I'm alive, <laughs> right? We're both, and we're actually both thriving at this point. And so I, I think it was going through that and just having the self awareness to get the support where I needed it that made me feel like I am a really good mom because because of these things. And by by allowing space for her from a very early age. Now, sometimes that bites me in the ass because she's 13 and I'm like, well, maybe you don't want to take up so much space. And I have to remember, I do want her taking up that much space, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's so interesting. I love that. Um, And yes, we derailed the conversation a little bit there, but it's okay. Like we can do that. It's our show. (laughs) All right, what are you celebrating today? So what am I celebrating today? I am celebrating I'm celebrating that in the midst of being really tired. So it is our first it's not even full week. It's 4 days back to school this week. Um I lost an hour of sleep each night just adjusting to the new schedule again. Um and even in that which leads to crankiness and leads to all the things, as we had the conversation on sleep just a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of sleep and of rest. So even with it, me kind of showing up with that lack of sleep, which I know you've also been dealing with, there's also been that threat of self-care. So like this morning, mm-hmm. instead of you know, getting kiddo off to school and then coming back and, and rushing to take my shower and get ready and get to my desk and get the day going. I said, you know what? I have these seeds for fall flowers that I have not planted yet because it's been too hot and this morning it's not too hot. I'm actually going to take some time to do that. And that felt really grounding. Playing in the dirt tends to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but having that ability to just take care of myself in those small ways to say, no, I am ready for bed now when everybody else wants to stay up and, and, well, our daughter wants to stay up and keep talking, which I would love to, but I also really need sleep. So I'm celebrating finding ways to adapt and adjust even when things are not ideal, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think
1: you know you and I have had this conversation over this last week too. Is is that when we are focusing on our self care, especially in moments when it needs attention, uh, that that if we're not doing that, it doesn't matter where we put our energy. It's 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 kind of wasted, right? If we're not making we're not moving the needle in the way that we want. Because we've left out that self care bucket, um, in order to show up at work, to show up in our business, to show up as a parent, um, in a way that's authentic and genuine, and and how we want to show up. If we don't have that rest, that self care, that we if our batteries aren't charged up, we're we just can't we can't show up in a way that we want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with somebody earlier today who's a resiliency expert, and one of her five pillars of resiliency is self-care. Um, and, uh, and when I'm talking about resiliency, it's like disaster recovery type of resiliency, massive catastrophe and trauma type of resiliency. And, and yet one of those pillars is self-care. And, and to get to that level of self-care, right, whichever way you want to go up the ladder, it, there's so many things that we need to have in place. We need to be able to be aware that we need it, right? So I just shared the story of when Izzy was born, and even this past week, it's like I had the awareness that something wasn't that I wasn't mm-hmm. able to show up fully, right? I was cranky, I was tired, um, I just wasn't, I just wasn't feeling right in my body, which are all signals to me that that I something else needs to be done. So that's that self awareness, knowing that something needs to be addressed, is that first place, right? And I and I think that that's really hard for a lot of people. I know with clients that I work with, and Louise, tell me if this is true for you too. Is self awareness is really hard to actually fully step into?
1: <laughs> well, because it's absolutely because it's not something like oh, I want to be more self-aware. So let's just more, do more of that. That's like, well, well, but what does that mean? Like, we just can't like grab a hold of it. Like, I want to be a better, I want to be better at small talk or I want to learn about delivering great feedback, right? Like those are skills. Like self-awareness is sometimes isn't like this tactical thing we can just grab onto and say, oh, that, that's what I want, right? Self-awareness, I think is often a result of doing other things,
0: is it a result of doing other things, or is it? So I think to know that you want to be better at small talk, right? To know that you want to to network better, you have to have some level of, now it's a pretty surface level, but it's still some level of self awareness to be able to identify the symptom that you think is occurring. You think that this is the problem.
1: Well, yeah, and that's what you and I as coaches, that's what we help people kind of discover, to say, mm-hmm. like, there's more than just, like, I want to be better at this task, right? It's not just a skill. There's, there's more that comes from that. How come you're not already good at that skill or what's holding you back, right? And so we as coaches help people understand a little bit deeper what's really going on that's that gateway to self-awareness i think often though when i first start talking to brand new clients who are brand new to coaching it's like this list of tactical shit they want to get done
0: and it's 100%. like
1: that's fantastic we can do that and we're going to do so much more yeah um yeah. because it's not a tactical task list that gets checked off Right, and so I think that's kind of where I was going. Is that often, like, we if if we're we're already a little bit self aware, we can definitely work on self awareness. But when we're not, we or we don't even know what that is, um, we can often we just bump over it um, and think that it's just this these ta- very tactical things we need to master in order to um, be a better leader or better parent, a better entrepreneur, whatever that looks like, a better human. Mm-hmm. Um right. And so and and I think that kind of circles back to a little bit to our conversation today, our topic mm-hmm. about falling out of overwhelm. Um I think that the first um piece of that is to actually know when you're in overwhelm.
0: <laughs> I think that's,
1: that's a huge, huge part of it, right?
0: Well it and, and <laughs> I think that Just to kind of close, it's not actually closed, but to close a little bit of what what you were just saying and moving us into this conversation is the skills that we use when we're coaching people, right? Really what we're teaching them is self-awareness, right? We utilize questions, metaphor, other tactics and techniques to allow them to start to experience a little bit more self-awareness. And so that really is, and it, and I mean, I even think about it in terms of, um, so Izzy started, um, voice lessons and I had a vocal coach for a long time and it was, we, it is creating more awareness. How are you standing in your body? How are you using, right? Your breath? How are you using your, your mouth in what shape? So it's creating more awareness is the process that we take people through. And so that when somebody is, is in this place of burnout, overwhelmed, right, they're really struggling, they show up saying all sorts of things. Sometimes they're saying, I'm overwhelmed. Sometimes they're saying, I'm burnt out. Very often, they're just saying something's wrong, mm-hmm. right? My job sucks. My boss sucks. My um, people aren't listening to me. So what
1: do you do with that? Or I have no time or I can't get it, right? Yep. Fill in the blank, right? Yeah. So yeah, so I was thinking about this before, uh, earlier today. Um, I was sitting outside enjoying the sunshine a little bit. And I'm like, so what does overwhelm feel like to me? And where am I on, uh, on a scale of overwhelm? Like, it, it's it's not just like I'm in it or I'm not. It's like, I think there's these degrees, at least for me, that I can feel somewhat overwhelmed. Um, I, I think for me, it's a little bit like anxious. It would, would be somewhat overwhelming. Um, that feels the same in my body. So that's kind of the same emotion that I'm having in that same place. But then I can also feel very overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed um, to a point where um, I'm either scrambling to catch up or I also think for me like a 10 on the overwhelm scale from zero to 10 also feels like a zero to me. And so I can actually like shut it down um, and avoid it and tune it out um, so that I'm not dealing with it. And I push it aside for a short time. Um, but then I think as like, I've dealt with it. Right. Um, so I was thinking about that kind of on the scale of like, how overwhelmed do I feel at certain periods of my life or times of the day, the week, whatever that is. But it, it is for me, it's these different numbers or this different intensity. Um, but I recognize that when I am in complete overwhelm, um, I shut it all down. Um, and, and it feels like a
0: zero. That's so interesting. Right. And and I can, I can understand that because it's almost that place of you've, there's so much that you've almost created a vacuum.
1: Yeah. Right. Like the, the immensity of it, like that, I don't know how to get out of it. Mm Um, it does create that. Well, then I'm just, I'm not even going to deal with it. Uh, and sometimes that's a good strategy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes that's not. Um, but yeah, if you were to put your Kim, like your overwhelm on a scale, like do you feel like different intensities of overwhelm?
0: For sure. For sure. Mine is kind of like a screaming banshee. um, (laughs) It's like, it's a little scream. It's a little bit of, it definitely, um, I feel it first, right? Before it gets to that screaming banshee, like the 10 is the um, primal scream, screaming banshee, but like thousands of them surrounding me and all, you know, kind of pushing in on me at the same time. I can't breathe. I I literally don't want anybody to touch me. Um, I it is when I get to that point. Um, I very often it's like I I know I've gotten to that point because I like I don't want to put on my clothes. I don't want to put on my bracelets. I don't want to put on my jewelry. I don't want a brush to go through my and it's just it feels so intense that I I, I can't have anything else touching me because it's so loud. At the middle range, it's, it is, it's starting to get loud. I'm starting to hear, but I definitely am feeling it. And it is that, that anxious feeling. It's that, it's building up. There's a lot of, um, I would say like a lot of upward pressure that I can feel, not like heartburn or anything like that, but just kind of, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm very self-aware. So <laughs> like i know these little nuances in my body but it's like a pressure that's kind of pushing up um kind of from down from the, my stomach up into my chest um when it just starts um it's actually all in my chest it's not in my stomach at all which is really interesting mm-hmm. to me it's like that it moves down and then tries to come back up but it's the um it's almost like a flutter or a um Just like just a little bit of nervousness. That's when it starts. And where it's gotten for me, what I've learned over the years is that when I get somewhere between that little flutter and that pressure up, things need to change. Like I really don't let it get, I I I really try really, really hard to not let it get past that five. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has taken decades of self-awareness and decades of work on what will actually step me back out of overwhelm. Um, I will say this summer um, felt pretty intense. And so there were times when I was hovering around probably a seven and a half to eight. And it, and I, I lived in that for a long time um, back in my 20s. And I did I that scared me. So it was like, whoo, nope, can't can't stay there. What do I need to do? And so that was a, and I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago about really focusing on my nervous system. What does my nervous system need for me to do? Because that's what really what we're talking about on that scale is is what is our nervous system telling us? Um and how do we adapt when we start to recognize these feelings of overwhelm?
1: So I think there's there's two parts to that story, right? So there's that that being able to tune into your body and understand what it feels like because overwhelm is I think a scale and we it does feel different in our bodies. It is a chemical reaction that's happening inside, so it does feel different. Um and to be able to tune into that, right? The key is to tune into that before you get to the right? Extreme. Right. Um, but then I also think the the other side of it is knowing what to do with that because we can be completely self-aware and say, I'm in the middle of a bunch of shit. Um, and then we still don't know, we still can't get out because we don't know what
0: to do with that. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. And I will say that for years, long before I ever knew what to do with it. um, the awareness at least turned it down a little bit, Mm. right? Just, just being aware is that first step that you can maybe go from a 10 to a nine. Right. Right. You can go from, um, creating that void to, well, shit, now I'm feeling something.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. What do I do with this? And I don't know about you, Louise, but I feel like that's where the experimentation comes in because Guidance, right? Which we cr- we create opportunities for guidance for those that we work with um, on ways to work with overwhelm and how to fall out of overwhelm. And finding what works for you in that moment with that circumstance is about experimentation. Right? Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: Um, it's it, Because it doesn't feel the same for everyone. We can't say like overwhelm feels like this. And then you go, oh, I'm in overwhelm, right? Like, it feels different. You and I even have different feelings. Uh, It lives differently, feels differently in our bodies. We react differently to it. Um, And I think, too, that um, when we are in such a state of overwhelm, we want to get out of it. And that's like going, like, that's like slamming on the brake when you're going 100 kilometers an hour. Um, we can't always do that. We can't always see that there's a break um, that's going to immediately stop us. So it's like, oh, let me take my foot off the accelerator and go a little bit slower. And so then what does that feel like or what's happening there? And that's all like that self-awareness piece too, right? Experimenting, and we do it all the time here on the show and in our lives, is that opportunity to reflect, to say, oh, I made some small adjustment. I tried something. Does it feel different? Am I showing up differently? Uh, do do I, Am I thinking differently? There's a big part of overwhelm too, is that we don't think um, in, in a most resourceful way when we're overwhelmed. So yeah, absolutely. It is about experimenting. And the thing about an experiment is folks that you have to like actually like reflect, observe and reflect.
0: Um, on what's going on. And actually take action. Well, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, you can't just think about it. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, well, I thought about taking a walk today. Okay, but you didn't, right? right? And so as much as I am a proponent of you are always in choice and you can always make whatever choice is going to serve your highest good and the highest good of those around you, if you're not taking action, you're not acting on the choices that you're making right? Your choice is to do nothing.
1: Right. Absolutely. So do you think that, you know, I'm a proponent of, um, the body mind connection, right? When we don't know what to do move. Um, and so I'm really curious if you feel like, um, overwhelm is like just a complete manifestation of our minds. Like we're just using, we create that just by overthinking, overanalyzing, overdoing, overworking our tired little brains to a point of complete exhaustion. Like, is that where overwhelm lives? Is here
0: in your head? So I don't. Yes, and <laughs> I think that overwhelm definitely comes from, from overanalyzing, overthinking, thinking not helpful thoughts. Um, continuing to behave and show up in ways that um, go against what is most true for us. So that's kind of an esoteric way of saying, right? Like we make decisions that are out of alignment for ourselves. That causes overwhelm. Overwhelm can also come, right? It can come from all of this external stuff that we're keeping in here. And what happens in my understanding, what happens is the more we keep stuff in here, the more we keep stuff in here. And so, yes, it's manifested through our brains, but that our brains are not disconnected from our bodies. And what happens is that place of our our issues actually go into our tissues, right? We are then, they're trapped in our bodies. And that's why movement can be... A, a really streamlined way of turning down the overwhelm not getting rid of it right other things need to come in to play with it but I, it's it's slowing down our brains or stopping our brains redirecting our brains whatever we can do along with some sort of physical movement that can start to dial things down. So um, we had Taz on and we were talking about EFT, right? There is a physical motion that goes in with what we are doing with our brains. And those two things together start to reduce the overwhelm that we're feeling. What are your thoughts on that in terms of like, is it our brain?
1: Yeah, like I I really do believe that overwhelm is like like most of our other emotions like we create that inside of us right and that comes from our thoughts and our thoughts are often not based in fact right overwhelm when it's either things that we have control over and we think we don't or things that we don't have control over and think we do um it, it it really is about our thought pattern. And we get on this hamster wheel where we just can't think a different thought. We can't see a different thought. We can't be a different thought. And so we're on this wheel over and over and over again. And we just, we can't get off it. So that whole body movement is actually us just stepping off the hamster wheel for a moment. So we could actually see that we've created Oh, that overwhelm ourselves. Overwhelm is a manifestation of something inside of us, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, there's overwhelm. Uh, let me get some of that. It, it's, it's caused by us
0: and our thoughts. I think that's really key because often, and, and I hear this from clients all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So-and-so overwhelmed mm-hmm. me. That conversation overwhelmed me. All my work mm-hmm. overwhelms me. It's not the stuff, it's not that other person. They're having their experience in their world, sure. Maybe they continue to say shitty things to you. Maybe they're flat out rude or disrespectful to you. 100%, that's gonna cause emotions. And over time that can cause overwhelm. And yet it's how you are experiencing it that is the overwhelm. Absolutely, right? They're not barfing overwhelm on you. I know he's listening right now, but this, and I, so I hope he doesn't mind me having this conversation. But like, I see my Mm -hmm. husband go through this with his job all the time, where he really loves what he does. And yet there's a component of his job that is very overwhelming. And it, and it just eats him alive. And it's when he can switch that ownership. And I've seen him do it where he's like, no, this is me getting overwhelmed by the situation versus it's them causing this to me. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge difference. Like he can work through it so much more easily when, when there's that ownership. And it's not saying that what they're doing is excusable. It's saying that I'm having a reaction to that thing. And that is my experience. And there's nothing wrong with my experience with it. I need to figure out what I need to do to not have that reaction. And that can be any number of things from doing things differently internally to leaving the situation, right? We ha- we always have, that goes back to the choice. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's so,
1: I don't know if easy is the right word. I think it's a habit that we have developed over time to say like that that external thing, causes me to feel a certain way, right? Like it, like, and so sometimes when that external thing is a person, uh, we can have a conversation with that person and say, Hey, um, this is what's happening in this exchange or I, right. When, when you talk to me this way, we can deal with overwhelm when it's a person, but how do we deal with overwhelm when it's a thing or a baby or right, or somebody, something you can't have that rational conversation with, or even have a conversation with, right? So we have to understand that it's it's often this situation um, we we can't just say, hey, situation, <laughs> like can you change?
0: <laughs> well, I think it's what you're speaking into is is verbal processing, right? When we have an opportunity to talk with that other person, we're verbally processing with them real time. What's happening in that relationship or in that interaction? But the real the, the we we have that opportunity to do that with all of these other intangible or or, or the opportunity the situations where we can't necessarily have a conversation with them. I, I think about a friend right now who is so overwhelmed within the last five years, five years, three years, she's lost her mom. Her brother and somebody else that was really close to her, and it's it's like that that is overwhelming. That kind of grief is overwhelming. She can't talk to them and say my heart is broken. Right. Right. Yeah. What she can do is she can verbally process. Right. And this goes back to the body. Yeah. Because your lips are on your body. <laughs> <laughs> your lips, your diaphragm, your, right, your airway, like all of the things, your yes. voice box, all of those things are physical mm-hmm. manifestations of energy
1: mm-hmm.
0: that need to be moved. I mean, that's right. We're talking about things getting stuck in here because they can't move when they're in here. And so that's that hamster wheel we're on. We're just going to roll it around and roll it around and roll around. I think of marbles rolling around, right, on on one of those little games. So it's just going to roll around, roll around, roll around. That energy has to be moved. And that's what our bodies can do for ourselves. Our voices can do for ourselves. Our hands, our, our stomachs, our legs, our feet, it can move that energy so much faster and so much easier that then allows us to process through that emotion more quickly and more thoroughly yeah, absolutely right uh, journaling like, is i don't that. have anything else to say there
1: <laughs> mic drop um but you were like, talking about journaling journaling too right journaling is also like we're actually moving our hands we're moving something we're moving that energy Um, there's a great NLP technique too, right? So like physically moving your body to physically change that energy, we can absolutely do. We can also do it visually, right? We can visualize, like Kim, you were talking about like where that overwhelm sits in your body and when we can like really personify it, what color is it? What temperature is it, right? We give it these characteristics and we say, okay, well, what's the opposite of that, right? Right. What's the opposite of overwhelm? Where does that sit? What does that look like, feel like inside your body? And then you can go through a process of like taking that yucky volcanic barf that you feel and overwhelm and move it to a different part of your body. Move it or even to, outside of it or even outside of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we actually can like. Move this energy, because it is chemicals, right? It's energy to a more resourceful place. And, and it is all that we need is these tiny, tiny cracks, right? In the overwhelm that we feel. And when we have a tiny crack and we have a light, right? That we get to explore and experiment with. And then we get to grow and nurture into something that, right? That, that shines a light in that darkness of overwhelm. Um, it's, it's not a, it's not going from a 10 to a zero. It's going from a 10 to a 9.9, to a 9.8, to a 9.7. And then all of a sudden you're at an eight and then you're at a seven and a five, right? It, it's exponential in that growth when, we, but we have to find a gap and we have to just, I think it is, we have to just trust that we can find a gap, um, and do literally anything. Just do something different.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So one of my favorite techniques is to actually make the the feeling bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. That's another technique is is when we go inside, and th- it, this works for all sorts of emotions that we're feeling. But is to go inside and to feel where we feel it, to describe it, to give it that t- that texture, the color. Does it have a name? Does it have a temperature? Um, you know, what is it doing? What action is it taking? Really personifying, in a way that that emotion. Um, if you can, even moving it away from your body a little bit, right, so that it's not quite so attached to you. Um, and then once you can create a little bit of space, making it bigger, making it bigger, and making it bigger, and making it bigger until until that overwhelm or the other emotion is so big. It's, it's almost unbearable. And then it's finding a way to take it, step down from there, right? It's the, it's the taking your foot off the accelerator and then pumping the brake gently and letting it come down. It's a magical thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. And so the do anything is real. Because there are so many different things that we can do to help ourselves fall out of overwhelm. And it's not its not permanent. That's the other thing. It's like, well, I never want this to come back. I have one client who's telling, I never want this to come back. What do I do to prevent this from ever coming back? I'm like, stop breathing. I mean, which I don't want you to do. But that like that's the only thing I can think because you're a human being these emotions these feelings these experiences are going to continue to come up and so for allowing ourselves the self awareness that we started talking about earlier to understand what you're experiencing and start to do other things that can start to take down the temperature right going mm-hmm. from that 10 and stepping yourself down
1: yeah it's um
0: it's really interesting
1: because Uh, It is about um, absolutely doing anything um, different, um, taking the time to reflect, did it work? Did it not work? Um, But it's also understanding too, is that the goal is to not get stuck in any emotion. Like that's real self-awareness, right? And that's real, like that that, uh, locus of control, that real emotional regulation We're not talking about not feeling feelings. What we're talking about is not getting stuck in a feeling. We're not starting to have thoughts about a feeling and then have thoughts about the thoughts about a feeling. And we never want to have feelings about feelings, right? So that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about providing you and you getting the tools that you need to be able to quickly recognize the emotion that you're having, emotional intelligence, right? And self-awareness and then being able to say, that's not the most resourceful emotion I want to have right now. Overwhelm is not being very resourceful in this moment and and being able to come out of it um, and have have a have an emotion that is more resourceful, Um, be able to access your other skills and capabilities so that you can, right, put your best foot forward so you're not overwhelmed by all of the things that are going on. You actually can start to creatively problem solve what's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in our conversation today, Louise, I, we've, I think we've taken a really nice um, look at different angles at overwhelm, like how is it manifesting? What are a couple of tips and techniques for for starting to pump the brakes a little bit or take our foot off the accelerator just to slow things down? Um, looking at that, that um, assessment of like, where are you from one to 10 or zero to 10? What is your takeaway? What is your golden nugget from our conversation today?
1: I think it's just remembering that it's like to do to to do anything differently, right? Um, just anything, um, and it doesn't have to be big. Uh, it just has to be anything. <laughs> and I like too what you were talking about, like just the 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 recognition in our bodies of what those different numbers look like. And that is that comes with, and that is something different that a lot of folks don't do. So this that could be your starting point, right? Is just to pay attention to what that feels like in your body and give it a number, give it a value, give it a color, give it, describe it um, so that when it happens again, you're like, oh yeah that is a seven. Oh, I know what that feels like. It's here, right? I think that's a that's kind of my golden nugget is to sometimes doing anything is observing what's happening so that then you can find that gap and that you can make that choice.
0: Did you come to all of this awareness for yourself of like what it feels like to you? On your own or did you have any support while you were figuring out?
1: It was a big learning for me and I had support. It was a lot of um, a lot of what we're talking about today came from my NLP training and my coach through that. Um, as well as then getting into life coach training and starting to understand self-awareness. Uh, but it was really with, uh, with, a, with a coach mm-hmm. that, um, that I was able to really start to access and feel what different feelings felt like. I would have to say before I did that, I probably would have scored very low on my EQ like, cause I didn't like, I, I swear I had three emotions and two of them were frustrated and angry, which I think are the same thing. Um, they're well, different. So, so right. Like it was very surface level for me. Uh, and so in order to kind of really understand that I, I needed that help and that guidance.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm going to just share what Ruby shared with us over on Facebook. Um, What helps me get out of overwhelm is reframing the need to get rid of it, to finding that a pocket of ease in between the breath. She's a yogi, by the way. um, Then stacking it with mudra practice and essential oil with pranayama. It then opens up the possibility uh, to be mindful in doing something else. So she has created this ability of, of noticing for herself is to not jump from that I need to get rid of it and looking for that pocket of ease in between the breath. Yeah, that's so, that
1: gap we were talking
0: about. Exactly right. Yeah, wow. that's beautiful. And I think it 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 feeds into kind of what my golden nugget here is is really that place of um not shoving it away. Right. And you and I know this. Um and I think we well I'm going to just speak for myself right now. While I work with Clients on it every day of just that micro steps. Um, I don't shout it into the wind enough. I don't shout it out into the world enough. That all of this is about micro steps. It's all about those cracks where the light can get in. It's all about just first taking your foot. Off. Like you don't just move your foot from the accelerator to the brake. You don't do that. There's a moment when it's not on anything. So taking that moment to just be. You're going to probably still feel a lot of the overwhelm when you're just being. And that gap, that moment in between the breath is when we have the opportunity to make a different choice. And then take a micro step. It doesn't have to be a big leap. The big leaps are not healthy for us. It's the micro steps that get us much further, much more quickly.
1: Well, and so much more sustainably. Oh right, we're talking about long-term transformational change. We're not talking about getting through the day. We're talking about how do you get through your life, right? That's that's what we talk about.
0: Yeah. Um, if any of this was helpful for for folks out there, um, you have two guides right here who would love to help you. Um, we don't we don't say that enough on on our <laughs> podcast. But guess what? We're here. We can help you. Guess what? Um, we're co- yeah, we're coaches. We we absolutely can help you with that. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in live or for checking out the replay. Um, next week, do you remember what we're talking about next week? I do remember Nadine is on, uh, and it will be all
1: about our diving. Diving? No, it's time? supposed
0: to be divine. I typed that wrong. It's divine timing. I thought or that- Or diving timing. Diving timing. Interesting. <laughs> Um this is a mistake making place.
1: Divine divine timing and a little bit of that too right yep. is understanding what um what is there and why it's there. And um, for
0: those that are listening only it says the obstacle is the way that's on the on my uh on my board Absolutely. So we hope that, um, you tune in and join us next week as well. Thank you for again, joining us live, um, or c- catching the replay. We appreciate you. Um, and we want you to have a kick-ass career and a kick-ass conversation like we just had today as well. Absolutely.
1: Uh, everyone take care. Have a really great rest of your week. Okay. Bye everyone. Bye for now.